52 and a half million is the size of the cannabis beverage market in just the second quarter, according to headset. We're going to take a look at the cannabis beverage market and everything that is cannabis beverages all coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. CEO of the Beverage Trade Network said that the category has the biggest potential to bring cannabis mainstream. It's ready to explode the moment some more laws are passed. Referring to cannabis drinks, I don't know. I think that cannabis cafes are going to be what brings everything mainstream. I mean, what you guys think, but with cannabis beverages, let's dive into some reports. Cannabis beverages are fairly popular, although it's expensive. I don't really do a lot of edibles myself. I prefer to do an RSO, something that's more uh, concentrated, less expensive, less sugar. Uh, so I don't really eat the chocolate and the sugary drinks, but um, I can see how they could be enticing. Uh, there's uh, thousands plus products out there. There's a lot more people entering the space. When you look at uh, certain beverages, uh, brands rather, um, you get a better industry of, of what's happening. There's um, Select. So of the U.S. beverages that have launched since January 2021, Select has an average of 210,000 monthly sales, which is 30% higher than the next closest new beverage competitor. So they're available in Nevada and Oregon, Colorado, Michigan, California, one of the most widespread um, beverage companies. Wink was introduced in March of 2022. Uh, in the relatively new Michigan cannabis market with sales for their line of cannabis-infused seltzer waters growing 58%, bringing in monthly average sales to almost 77,000 and getting 10% of the total beverage sales in Michigan, making them the third most market share beverages in the state. Some of the heavy hitters debuted their line of THC seltzers and mocktails in March of 22 in the California market. Featuring infused beverages, names like uh, margaritas, mules, tonics, they've grown sales in 20, uh, 24% from about 69,000 in April to 86,000 in June. Heavy hitters, the top 20% of beverage brands when compared to total sales from April to June of that year. When you look at collective projects, one of the strongest newcomers to beverage brands in the Canadian markets available in Ontario, average sales are 90% higher than the next closest competitor, posting 500 grand in average monthly sales. Since they launched in June of 2021, collective projects has seen sales grow 155% for their infused beverage line. There's also fresh cannabis beverages. Uh, they've got a seltzer water that hit Canadian stores in July of 2021, and their monthly sales went from 119,000 to 324,000 from August to June. Only 1% of current consumers identified infused beverages as their primary or preferred product form. Flour is still dominant, but um, looks like the younger people want to at least try it. One of the key form factors that are benefiting beverages is the fast onset, especially with the new nano emotion technology that's being utilized by a lot of the top producers. So they're getting a fast acting effect of cannabis beverages. So that's going to be a nice uh, little appeal for people who wanted to hit them hard, but they are seeing reduction in the amount of THC. So there's more of a, a push towards mood and the effects. Also all alternative ingredients, um, maybe other cannabinoids they want people to to look at this is kind of like a mocktail and if you want it to be more if you want it to be stronger 
more powerful, just pour yourself another glass. So they are reducing their overall levels to 20 milligrams or less from the you know high of 100 or whatever. You just have to bring the prices down um, so people can buy more of them. It's it's just not uh, not really affordable at the moment. Um, BDS Analytics, they look at some um, retail sales tracking data from California, Colorado, Illinois, showing that uh, the top three out of five cannabis beverage brands contain less than 25 milligrams, making that uh, the go-to choice for a lot of people. So there's still plenty of people that want that 100 milligram dose, uh, but they are showing that uh, the larger consumers are preferring um, lower doses of THC. So 55% of edible consumers in adult use states prefer THC doses of 20 milligrams or less. Let's take a look at who is buying cannabis drinks. It's not newbies or, or microdosing mamas. Cannabis drinks are hotly discussed and drinks are seen as a primary cannabis uh, for some people, mostly I think the younger folks. And so that's due to the proximity of alcohol beverages kind of well positioned to uh, take over that market and definitely seeing that in at least for taxes, taxes are taking over alcohol sales uh, and all of these regulated states. Gen Z is particularly interested. So half of the consumers that are age 21 to 25 say that they use cannabis as an alcohol substitute. Cannabis drinks aren't expected to get more than 1% of the entire adult share, but they are trying to grab more market share from, from alcohol. Um, one group that is thought to be the primary target for cannabis drinks is the microdosing mamas, defined as women who have children in their household reporting to use cannabis at least weekly. And while it's more likely to use cannabis drinks, um, fathers with children are much more likely to enjoy cannabis drinks. I think especially on a Friday night, uh, tend to know people who go out specifically looking for edibles on a Friday night. Uh, and then they need a couple of days to recover because, again, they're going for like that 100 milligram. They just want to get knocked out on a Friday, get the week over with, and then recover by Monday. Of parents that consume cannabis one to four days a week, fathers are 42% more likely to report using cannabis drinks than moms. It's not necessarily newbies either. So a lot of brands, with, at least with cannabis drinks, <clears throat> are trying to introduce uh, their products to new users. And they believe that newbies are going to be more familiar with smoking. And then looking at the data, it's not newbies that are adopting cannabis drinks. Since 2021, only 6% of THC beverages have been sold to that uh, newbie group. So who's taking up the lion's share? You look at three quarters of all drink consumers have been consistently or on and off um, from the same individuals. So two-thirds say that they use cannabis in some form at least daily, and they aren't newbies spending in this category. They're experienced users enjoying cannabis drinks as part of their regular cannabis use. People who use cannabis drinks more likely to use nearly every other cannabis type. Flour is in line with the average cannabis consumer and twice as likely to use capsules, chocolates, tinctures, for example. THC drinks are only part of their regular intake. And brands can't rely on the novelty of drinkable cannabis to impress those consumers. So they're just going to have to go towards uh, more traditional forms of advertising using 
uh, mood and effects. But again, that's going to draw in the FDA. So it's not going to be an easy uphill battle. Not only that, but beverages are literally the most expensive product that has the thinnest margins out there. So really expensive, really hard to do, and not a whole lot of profit. So expect a lot of these folks to fail. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.